greetings to those who watch below. Today we're going to take a slight break from the ghosts and our tour of Great Britain. Instead, we are heading into the woods to meet some truly wild and terrifying dogmen. But before we do so, I'd like to give a huge shout out to Ghost City Shelton, Steffi Ray, Lefty Kim, Lisa Watts, Wicked Witch, Jess Black Curtain, and of course, Aztec Priest, for being those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that will get you shoutouts at the start of every video. So, on with the stories. Weird Forest Encounter by Caitlina93 So, this was when I was probably about 17. I was hanging out with my boyfriend at the time, and one of his friends. Now, one thing to put out there is that this friend was a pretty outdoorsy kind of guy. He wasn't scared of much, he grew up hunting, and was always out exploring the woods at all hours. Living in a small town with a lot of parks and surrounded by wooded areas, there wasn't a lot to do, so exploring the woods was a typical thing for really any of us to do. I never used to be afraid of the woods, until after this experience. This particular night, his friend decided that he wanted to go spotlight hunting. We drove out to an area on a gravel road in my boyfriend's car. There used to be a bridge that went across the river, but it was burnt and eventually torn down, so it was closed off and the end of the gravel had become overgrown with grass, weeds and such. There's a tall bridge off in the distance. Actually, it's a bridge our little town is very well known for, as it has a lot of history. We were out there, miles away from town and from any houses. We found a place to pull over near the end of the gravel, and my boyfriend and his friend grabbed the rifle out of the trunk and their flashlight. Me, being an animal lover, I didn't feel like taking part, so I chose to stay in the car. Before my boyfriend took off into the field, he told me to give them 15 minutes, and if they didn't come back, I could take his car and leave them. With that, they disappeared into the dark. So there I was, sitting in his car. There was a metal railing in front of the car that we had pulled up to, which the guys had to climb over. On both sides of the car there was tall grass, taller than the car. It was a bit spooky, but I tried to keep my mind busy. I turned on the radio and waited. Fifteen minutes went by, and they still weren't back. I hadn't heard any gunshots, so I figured maybe they just weren't having any luck. Then, I get this weird feeling. The feeling of being watched. Enough to make the hairs on your neck stand up. I try to play it off as my nerves. I look out my window to the right, and I see the tall grass moving. I told myself it was the wind. I look out the driver's side window. The grass over there stood still. Now, I've seen enough horror movies to know that I didn't want to look out the right window again. Ignorance is bliss, right? I look down at my phone and do everything I can not to look up, scared I might see something I didn't want to see. Then, something hit the back of the car. Pretty hard. I look back, but with the tint and the darkness, it was impossible to see anything. So I check the locks to make sure I was safe and turned up the radio. The knocking on the trunk and back window continued on and off. At this point it had been an hour since they left, and I was hoping it was just them trying to play a joke on me. I knew I couldn't leave them out there, and there was no way I was getting out the car. So there I sat, 
trying to ignore whatever was out there. The knocks soon turned to shaking the car. I shrank down in my seat and just kept my eyes on my phone, waiting for the guys to get back. After about 15 minutes, the banging stopped, and I was left in silence for about another 15 minutes when I heard the guys yelling. I sat up, flipped on the headlights to see my boyfriend running towards the car, cradling the rifle in his arms and vaulting over the metal railing. His friend came running soon after. I unlocked the doors, my boyfriend jumped in the driver's seat, throwing the gun in the back where his friend was scrambling to get in, yelling, go, go, go. He quickly backed out and off we sped down the gravel road. My boyfriend's face was filled with terror and he starts yelling at his friend, what the hell was that man? His friend is looking out the back windows terrified and exclaims, it's following us. I was both scared and confused. I kept asking what they were talking about and what happened, but they were too busy trying to calm down. We sped as fast as his car could go back toward town. Once it was clear and we were safe, I asked again what happened, only to be told that they didn't want to talk about it. Whatever it was, it had scared them more than I've ever seen someone scared before. We eventually got back into town and pull up at his friend's house. We all just sat there in silence for a minute. Both guys looked almost paralysed, trying to figure out what they had seen. His friend finally spoke, admitting that after whatever they encountered, he was scared to even be home alone. Reluctantly, he got out the car, grabbed his rifle, and headed inside. I questioned my boyfriend for the next several days, but he always just got a weird look on his face and would shake his head, like he didn't believe it himself. It was apparent I would never know, and I guess a part of me was okay with that. So I stopped asking, and life went on. Okay, so now, nine years later, I finally got the answer. Like most high school relationships, my boyfriend from back then and I have been broken up for a long time, and I'm actually married now with two kids, and one on the way. Well, it just so happens that my husband had this new guy start working with him. It took a couple of weeks, and on the job stories from my husband, to realise that this guy was the friend of my boyfriend all those years ago. I decided to open up to my husband, and tell him about the experience we all had back then. Well, my husband's a big fan of a podcast called Dogman Encounters. He told me that a lot of guests on the show had a similar experiences that I did while I was in that car that they would hear banging on the car and it would shake, almost like it was trying to lure them out. I suggested that maybe he text the guy that he worked with and ask him about the night. He did, and the response was not what I was expecting. He got a reply, the guy explaining how that night still haunts him. He told about how they were out in the field, not having much luck. They heard a whole bunch of birds in the grass suddenly take flight, making a ruckus, and gave the guys a bit of a jump. They went over to the area with the flashlight on, and that's when they saw him. He said he was unusually tall and very skinny and lanky, as well as very pale. It was odd enough to see anyone out there at that time of night, let alone being out in a large field lined with forest. He just didn't belong. He then went on to say that the weirdest thing about the guy was his voice. It was very abnormal, and unexpectedly high-pitched, like a child's. 
What did the guy say? Well, this is the part that still sends shivers down my spine. Apparently, he said, you might want to check on that girl you left back in the car. This friend described how they ran back through the field, across a ditch and came back to the car. He said they were running as fast as they could, and this guy was running parallel to them, but through the wooded area, a much harder route. And yet he was keeping perfect pace with them. The trees and terrain didn't slow him at all, as they all sprinted back to me in the car. That's when we had started speeding back home. He said when he looked back, he saw the guy step over the metal barrier next to the road. They had to vault or climb over it, but this guy stepped over it like it was nothing. So here I am. My story is finally concluded, after nine long years. Although I've tried researching similar encounters, I can't find anything. The only thing I know for sure is whatever that was, it wasn't human. Jackson County Dogman Encounter by Anonymous Since it was summer break for my school, I was lazily lounging at home watching TV. I got bored, so I went outside to see if I could do anything with my chickens, like feed them worms and snails. Before I go into more detail, I should explain the area I live in. My home is on the outskirts of the city I live in. I had about five or seven chickens at the time, and we hadn't expanded the coop, so it was a small pen connected to two sides of the chicken coop, which is wooden and sturdy. The only ways to get into the coop is either through the trapdoor attached to the big door and the three windows. One window is on one side of the door, and the second window on the other side. The third window is a large one. Keep in mind that they all have traps connected to them, so they can be closed. We have seven acres of woodland that we call the back pasture, and if you've ever been back there, you could see that it's a popular habitat for the local deer. There was also a wild boar that was roaming around at the time, and I don't know how it got there. We had been having trouble with poachers for a while, considering the population of deer in the woods. One poacher had set up a trail cam, one that was motion activated. There was an old rusty deer stand that had been put up on a tree a long time ago, and the tree had begun to grow around it. Beyond our acres of woods, there's a large cornfield owned by our neighbours, and beyond that is a forest. I don't know what the forest is like beyond the field since we've never been there. I went outside to do something with my chickens, and had brought along a bucket of corn for feeding the deer after. When I walked out of my home, I saw that a doe was sitting in the tall grass. I thought it was sleeping since it had its head down and wasn't moving. I, being the curious little nut I was, decided that I would sneak upon the deer, and get a picture of it to show to my mother when she got home from work. I crept as silently as I could across the yard, that separated me from the deer. I should also mention that we have a clearing with a burn pit in it that was filled with cedar branches. I was creeping across my yard towards the deer, and when I had cleared the burn pit and was about ten yards from it, I realised that the deer wasn't asleep, but it was dead. It was the most disgusting sight I have ever seen. Its intestines were completely gone, the flesh on the body of the doe shredded to pieces, and blood was absolutely everywhere. It looked as if it had been sitting there for a while, and it smelled like it too. Most of the blood was dried, and the air reeked with the stench of rotting flesh, urine, and what seemed like a hint of wet dog. Something that creeped me out about the scene was although it was a rotting carcass, there were no insects at all around it, 
It was as if the usual lively forest was deader than the deer. Not even the neighbour's cattle made a sound. It looked as if the poor deer had simply been left after being brutally attacked and half-eaten, which it most likely was. I left the bucket at the beginning of the trail, thinking that I would come out later with my mother and grain the deer when she got home. Then, I started to walk back to my house. I'd barely taken a few steps when I heard a low, snarling growl that sounded like a wolf, although it seemed distorted as if it were being played on an old radio. Against my better judgement, I turned my head around, and I saw what looked like the biggest freaking wolf I'd ever seen. It was on all fours, its fur was black and matted in places. Its face was what you'd expect a wolf to look like, although it was broad and the muzzle seemed a little short, although the way it was curling its lips made it look as if its snout was plenty long, and its eyes were yellow, not a bright yellow like the yellow of a flower or the sun, but a dim, amber, reddish yellow. Its ears looked like that of a Doberman Pinchner, with the cropped effect. Its front legs were long, and it looked as if it were a bodybuilder. Its paws, if you could even call them paws, looked like huge hands with long claws at the end of them. It stood up, and I heard the most sickening popping sound you could ever imagine. It sounded like the sound of popping joints, but it seemed to be amplified, as if it were being played through a microphone and the sound was coming out of loudspeakers. Its body looked like a bodybuilder's pumped up on steroids. It was so big. It had no tail that I could tell, and it seemed to tower over me, although I was a good ten metres from it. I was about five foot four at the time, and I came nowhere close to its height. It was so tall that the tip of its ears could almost touch the top of a young cedar. It let out a loud howl, which sounded more like a roar, and it charged at me. Doing the only thing I knew to do while hyped upon fear and adrenaline, I began to run away from it. I remember clearing my yard in what seemed like hours, but was most likely only a few seconds, and running inside, slamming and locking all of the doors and windows. As I calmed down a bit, I realised that if it had really wanted to kill me, then it would have, and that what I had experienced was not an attack charge, but a bluff. I was lucky to get away with my life. Although this happened almost two years ago, it still terrifies me to think about it. The deer was gone the next day, and ever since that evening I've been weary around the woods, only going into them in broad daylight, only when I absolutely had to, and never without a weapon. Sadly, I cannot say that I am one of those people that have stopped experiencing things after the encounter, although I had only nightmares for a month after that day in June. Nothing really started to happen, until about two months ago when I was staying up at night playing on the laptop. I had started to hear things moving around on the porch, and turned on the light to see the shape of something huge disappearing behind the corner of my house. There was also one of the rare times I went into the woods after the first encounter, when I was helping my mother clear brush from the hunting clearing. I was going to get the mower, and was walking the trail to do so, when I heard bipedal footsteps following me off to my side, they stopped whenever I stopped, and I eventually ran out of the woods and haven't been back since. I asked my late great-grandmother about the creature I had seen in the woods, and she informed me that there was something called the Wolfhead Man that stalked the Kansa tribe, preying on small children that strayed too far from their teepees. Later, I was informed by my history teacher that my house had actually been built on a tribal burial ground, and I have since been wondering 
if that had something to do with it. I hadn't heard about the Wolfhead Man before she had told me about it. When I saw that there were several eyewitness reports that were proved to be truthful, it made me feel a lot better about coming out with this information. I have attempted to tell people about my encounter, but everyone said that I was either stupid, crazy, or just a plain liar. One thing's for certain, I'm not stupid, I'm not crazy, and I'm most definitely not a liar. I know what I saw, and what I saw was a dogman. Werewolf Encounter in Pullman by Pullman Werewolf My encounter occurred on February the 2nd, 2016, at about 5 to 8 p.m. in Pullman. I was living in Pullman, working and completing graduate degrees at Washington State University. I know the exact date, because I have a habit of writing bad poetry, and so when some phrase pops into my head that I want to write down, I jot it in the notes on my phone. That day I wrote, and this is true, I am afraid to walk alone, afraid I'll meet the devil on the road. Until telling this, I had honestly forgotten about this strange detail of the story, which in retrospect is probably the least explainable aspect, as it implies the encounter was somehow more than coincidental. Pullman is a small college town that is extremely walkable. For anyone who may be listening to this and familiar with the area, I commuted on foot daily from Lamont Street on Military Hill, down the walking path, and up College Hill via Stadium Way to campus. So, I would walk down a hill, through a valley on a walking and bike path, and up a well-lit hill into a college campus, taking around 45 minutes. Some other relevant details about Pullman are that it's extremely isolated, surrounded by rolling wheat fields to an extreme degree of deforestation. Basically, it's solely populated by local townies and undergraduates. The sun goes down famously early in any season but summer. Drunk undergraduates are common, but very uncommon far from College Hill. It's not enough of a town to have a homeless population, and drifters are few and far between. I walked home that evening in the dark, as I had hundreds of times before. Upon reaching nearly the base of the street I live on, where the bike path would lead up to the nearby road, I saw the form of a humanoid crouched in the path ahead. While the road is somewhat lit, the bike path is down a small berm from the road, and is very poorly lit in this spot. From about 60 feet out, I began to feel afraid as I couldn't make out much about the form. About 30 to 40 feet from the crouched form, I stopped. I think if the figure was wearing clothing, or had human skin of any shade, it would have caught more light. Instead, it looked too large to be human, its back too curved, its head too far forward, and though I saw no evidence of fur, the context suggested to me very heavily that it was fur-covered. My inner dialogue ran through the options, and nothing made sense. If it was human, it was a very tall man, crouched over as if bawling himself upon the road, back deeply arched over. If it was not, it was humanoid, and something people do not generally believe exists. Those were the only two options. I began to have a fight-or-flight response. I said, hey, at a moderate volume, something like two or three times. The form moved. It looked like it was turning its head toward or away from me. I never saw eyes or any kind of light catch it. It just looked like a hunched-over, crouched humanoid in the middle of a bike path at night, 
too large to be a person whose high school didn't try and get him to play basketball. And hey, maybe it was a drunk basketball player half a mile from campus. Or maybe not. I was torn between the realisation that I was potentially witnessing something fantastical, and the will to live beyond the moment. The will to live... fear, I guess. 1. I immediately clambered up the embankment to the road, crossed the road, and walked the rest of the way home on the other side. The height difference, darkness, and existence of the berm kept me from seeing the form any further. I walked up the hill to my apartment, locked the door, and reflected on the bad poem line I had jotted earlier. I wondered if I was being followed by some evil creature, and would be further hunted. My Dogman Encounter by Asheron Alex I'm a vet student. My university is on top of a hill and outside of town. From my dorm window, I can see huge wheat fields in the nearby forest. My first encounter was two years ago. I have a German shepherd called Hades and a husky pup, Ragnar. That day I left the university quite late. It was already dark outside. Usually I don't mind taking them out at night. At night I can let them run without their leashes. They are trained, and I know that they are going to listen to me. Besides, I knew everyone knew them, and wouldn't hurt them even if they were left outside. They have collars that light up, since Hades is fully black, and Ragnar is fully white, which makes it hard to see him during the winter. I could see them all the time. We walked for a while, and they were playing and running around. At some point, Hades stopped and started growling, looking into the wheat fields down the hill. I didn't think about it. There were bats, owls, and other critters around us. I leashed them, not wanting to run after them if they decided to chase something. After half an hour of non-stop growling, I'd had enough of it, and decided to take Hades home, and go out so Ragnar can run a bit more by himself. I got home and expected him to go in his cage. He likes sleeping there. That night, all he did was stand at the window looking out. Since the pup was whining, wanting to go out again, I tried to drag Hades in the cage, and lock him in until I got back. Who knew, maybe he might be trying to go out the window. I got a look out the window. On the parking lot below, I saw a black figure circling the cars. Thinking that it might be someone trying to steal, I got a flashlight and shone it at it. It wasn't a thief. It wasn't human at all. It looked up, its eyes reflecting the light from the flashlight. It was black, its head looking very similar to Hades's. It was standing on all fours, but when I shone the light, it stood up. The roofs of the cars were barely reaching its midsection. It let out a growl. Hades went wild trying to bust out the cage. Ragnar was whining even louder. I realised he didn't want to go out. He was trying to get as far away from the window as possible. The growl made me flinch, and I dropped the flashlight through the window. I tried to see it again, but it was too dark. I heard the crunching of snow as it left. The next morning I went to find my flashlight, and found huge dog-like footprints in the snow, and a foul smell still lingering. I borrowed infrared binoculars from a hunter friend of mine. Ever since then, I've seen it in the forest, crossing the field, and coming near the hill looking up. Me and my roommate have been taking turns keeping watch at night when Hades starts growling. I don't take the dogs out at night, and Ragnar doesn't play and run around anymore. He just stays pressed against my feet. 
Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's stories. I really hope you enjoyed them, as Dogman's something I've never really done before. If you did enjoy the video, make sure to give it a like, and also subscribe to the channel if you haven't before. I'd also like to let you know that I'm going to be starting to do three videos a week, from Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So, until next time, sleep tight. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.